welcome back to the Six Out Culture Podcast. Once again, I'm joined by Danny and not Franchette because uh, Franchette was not able to make it today. But Dan, just me and you, buddy. What's up? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Ben? Not much. Uh, it was a good weekend for both our sides. Uh, maybe it's better that Franchette's not on the podcast today because if you uh, all were aware, uh, Milan absolutely destroyed Juve. So it's probably better that Franchette's not on here because he probably would turn this podcast into a nice short one into uh, maybe a two-hour movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he likes to go on his rant. So uh, I think after a loss to Milan with uh, big implications for top four, uh would have definitely meant uh, a rant. So uh, maybe you guys wanted to hear his rant. Maybe you didn't, but uh, he's not here today. So he'll be back next time. But, uh, yeah, for today, it's me and Danny. Uh, we'll start off now. There's a couple things we want to touch on. Uh, first, I'm going to touch on Darbo. Obviously, as a Roma fan, uh, I'm excited. If you don't know who he is, the Prima Darbo, he's from our Primavera team. He's been with us for a long time now, like since the Nangolan and Rossi days. He's always been uh, training up and down for our main team and our youth team. And uh, He's a refugee who arrived in Italy. I think he arrived in Sicily uh, four years ago, five years ago. One of the two, I'm not too sure. Uh, I still have to read more into it. But, uh, yeah, he arrived to Italy uh, with a dream, obviously, uh, like many. And uh, his dream was obviously to become a professional footballer and make it and, well, he made it. He started his first match this past weekend against Crotone. Um, he's played previously. He played last weekend, and he also played uh, uh, this midweek against uh, United in the second leg Royal Europa League clash. And he was, if not our best player on the pitch, one of the best players on the pitch against United. Uh, to make your European debut against Pogba, which you can say what you want about Pogba. He's not good. He's not... Uh, not bad. I mean, everyone has a different opinion on Pogba. It seems like uh, one of those guys where you can't be really in the middle of him. It's either you like him or you hate him. But uh, whatever anyone says, uh, Pogba is not an easy player to go up against on your uh, European debut. I'm sure, Dan, you can agree with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a, well. an easy task. He did well, yeah. the kid. I'm very impressed with him as well. Yeah, he did very well. He also went up against Bruno Fernandes, who, uh, uh, same with Pogba, you either love him or hate him. And uh, he did really well. He uh, came in. He won the ball off Cavani multiple times. Uh, he frustrated Pogba. Pogba came out early, out of the game. He seemed frustrated. At the end of the game, he also, uh, I saw Pogba go up to Darbo, and they were exchanging words, which was nice to see. Uh, I wonder what they were saying to each other, but I'm sure Pogba gave him some kind words. And, uh, yeah, it was great to see Darbo really shine in the spotlight. Uh, I consider myself... Yeah, I guess an avid a Primavera uh, viewer. I don't watch every game, but... I. Probably watch 80% of them on uh, Roma TV. If you guys are wondering if uh, any Roma fans you want to watch them. And uh, yeah, Darbo has always been one of our best players. Him alongside uh, Zaleski, who also got uh, minutes the past weekend, got an assist. And against United, he got a goal. So two professional games, a goal and assist for Zaleski. He's one of our best players in our Primavera. Maybe our best, if you want to say. Certainly our best attacker. Also, Ruben Providence is up there. Uh, Junior Tal is also doing well. Uh, we have a lot of good players, but yeah, back to Darbo. Um, when I saw he was starting, I was excited because obviously I think every Roma fan was. When you see a kid do so well against someone like Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, you get hyped. And uh, there's a certain aura around him where people want to see him do well and people want to see him succeed and become the next guy. And he did just that. He had a 90%, 97% pass completion. He, I think he had like 11 recoveries or something, something crazy. He had a great game against Scorpone. Uh, he was certainly within the top three best players, uh, 
I think he was the best player in like 60 minutes of the match. And then Pellegrini obviously turned it on and scored two goals. And I believe he assisted. I know Mickey had two assists that match and a goal. So uh, he got overshadowed by the stats, I guess, uh, that stand out more. But uh, he did a lot of little things amazingly. He's smart. He's calm. He's composed. He runs over the pitch. He wins the ball back. He does remind me. Obviously, it's way, way, way too uh, too soon to make this comparison. But just style-wise, he reminds me of someone like N'Golo Kante. Obviously, a smaller defensive mid. But has a, has a really good work rate and is a box-to-box mid can go up and down. And uh, that's what Dottable really uh, reminds me of. And, yeah, I just hope he can do well. I hope he can continue this. I hope uh, he's picked up a bit of a calf injury, I believe it was. Not calf. Maybe it might have been a hamstring or a thigh. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he picked up an injury. He had to come out early. It might have been cramps, too. He's been playing a lot lately. But, uh, yeah, he came out early. I'm not sure if he'd be available for Inter. But against Lazio and the Derby, the Derby is a very special game for players because that's where you create moments. If you score in the Derby, if you score a winner, if you have a – a stand-up performance, that's a game that will be remembered throughout your whole career. People will always go back to that four or five years from now. So I'd really like to see Dodbo get a moment in the Derby to make something happen and uh, continue this momentum he has uh, going forward. So, yeah, Roma fans, uh, be excited. Dodbo seems special. He's a real deal and uh, looking forward to the future. But now, speaking about another uh, young talent who at first was uh, judged by his own fans, uh, Serie A fans, maybe even fans of other clubs in Europe. He came to Napoli for a fee of, I believe, around $70 million. Yeah, $70 million. Uh, Our highest fee. player of all yeah, time. Played, Napoli player of all time for a transfer fee. And his name is Victor Oziman. He obviously had struggles, like I said. And uh, as of late, since uh, obviously there was a very scary incident where I, I believe he collapsed uh, yeah, on the pitch. Bologna. Uh, yeah, a very scary uh, moment from there. I was saying in our group chat we have, I was saying, don't play him the rest of the year. Let him sit out, let him rest, because uh, something like that is very worrying. Obviously, I'm not an Apple fan, but I'm a fan of talent, and obviously, Osimhen has talent. And uh, to see a kid, and even just a, as a human being, you don't want to see someone go through that. It was a very scary moment, and uh, I'm glad to see he bounced back from that, and not only did he bounce back from uh, his collapse, he bounced back talent-wise and uh, scoring-wise, scoring-wise, everything. He's been great. He's been picking it up. And a question I want to ask Danny, who, if you don't know, is a Napoli fan. I want to ask you then, can Osimhen become a Cavani-like figure in Naples? Like, obviously, um, not now, it's too soon, but can he become that in the future? Is he building towards that? Is he on the right I, path? Personally, when we signed him, um, I honestly I had a little idea of who he was because of I heard very good things about him uh, when he was out of Lille and he had I think believe I believe 13 14 goals last season for them uh, and maybe 16 and 17 in all competitions for a 21 year old who just came to Lille his first season that's pretty damn good um, I, I personally thought when we signed him for 70 million I wasn't a huge fan I'm not a huge fan of the price tag but the way he's been performing uh as of late, he's living up to that price tag. And I personally believe he can be a uh, Cavani-like figure because of the way he plays. Cavani, um, I, I don't think I've seen a complete striker like Osimhen who can run from one side, one part of the field from halfway to uh, the goal, like to the opposing half, uh, to the box, I should say, opposing box, and fish a chance since Cavani. And you can argue uh, Higuain, yeah, he as good as he was for us 
he wasn't that type of striker that he can take the ball from halfway and complete sprint to uh, just on a breakaway. Osman has the speed, has a great shooting ability. He can finish the ball. He that's one thing he has to work on too, just finishing some chances when we create them. But overall, I personally think he can become the next Cavani figure. As much as Higuain was good for us, he wasn't an all-around. He was just a box present. In the box, you have to be careful because he will make you pay. Osiman, you have to be careful because he can get the ball from halfway and beat defenders with his pace, cut in on the left, and uh, make chances uh, happen. I personally believe he can be, and just the way he's been playing as a late, it seems like he uh, he can live up to the Cavani hype that a lot of fans had for him when he first joined. And I personally believe the team around him, when Osiman is gets going, the, he could be one of the best strikers in the league. So hopefully next season, he can become that 20-25 goal scorer that all Napoli fans uh, hope for. Yeah, well said, Dan. Yeah, Osiman's a, a very good striker. Uh, we've always knew, known he's had a potential to be a very good striker. We know he has the quality. It was always about, uh, obviously, his finishing. I'm sure you can agree at first was a, uh, what's the word I want to use? It was uh, lacking. Um, it was lacking. Yeah. It wasn't really there. Yeah. Personally, I think it's more just he was adapt. It's hard for a kid, especially at the age of 21, 22, to adapt to the league. Uh, and especially with the prices came, so it's a lot of pressure. And being a striker at Napoli is a lot of pressure because of the uh, the towns and the past we had with the likes of Iguain, Cavani, uh, you can say even Mertens as well, uh, Maradona too. Like he, he even though he wasn't a striker, he was there. Um, like just all the talents we've had in the past, and like the players who came before, it's a lot of pressure. And I personally think that. He could live up to the Cavani hype. Uh, he just has to keep on playing like the way he has been. Because if he can play like this, then you have to work, uh, like watch out for him. Because this guy can easily score 20, 25 goals in a season. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I personally think he can be live up to the Cavani figure. But even if he is half of a Cavani uh, figure, because Cavani, the guy was just a monster for us. Like he was. You, no one, for me, he was probably the, if he would have stayed at Napoli, he probably would have been the best striker for us. He probably would have been our top goal scorer at this point. But for me, I feel like Osimhen can live up to the uh, Cavani figure, but I personally don't think he'll be better than Cavani, but I feel like he'll be around the Cavani and Higuain uh, placement by the time he leaves Napoli or if he retires um, as a Napoli player. Yeah, and he also uh, definitely has an advantage because he's still very young. And uh, if he decides yeah. to stay in Napoli for a long time, he can definitely get up there with, like, if I'm being honest, he could probably easily smash Mertens' goal-scoring record yeah, uh, if he stays for a long time. Yeah, and especially if he can continues to be uh, consistent every game and play like the way he has been. He's someone, like, you can't, you have to keep an eye on the whole time because he can – Hurt you with the speed, and he can hurt you with like his finishing ability. And plus, he's tall too. I think he's six two, I believe. So he can win uh, if he learns how to uh, be more physical in the air and win headers. He can be a complete striker. Yeah, he's definitely all around striker. And don't like any Napoli fan or you then like don't take this as a, a diss. But I think like Mertens has what 140 or something or 30 around there goal yeah. scorer all time. Like obviously, like for top goal scorer of a club, I don't think it's that much. Like it's not too much, a hundred and like thirty, forty. 
So I feel like that's very beatable. And the thing with Napoli is they're very unlucky, uh, unlucky because uh, their top strikers always leave. Yeah, uh, it's always like every time like they, yeah, it's all the time. Like every time like they're coming to par or if they're coming around, like okay, finally we have a striker. Next summer he leaves for a good fee, sixty million, ninety million. Hopefully Napoli learned the mistakes that they did with uh, Cavani. Yeah, it, I'm not gonna even mention Higuain, but selling him to Juventus especially, they just learned because it's hard for a team to win when we're always replacing players who leave for heavy feet. Uh, when we when when Higuain left, we had to replace him with Milik. Milik was on a tear, and then he tore his ACL, and he hasn't been the same since. So hopefully Napoli can watch Osimhen take care of him and develop him properly because this kid, he's special. He's a special talent, and I believe he can... Uh, help Napoli uh, win Scudetto one year. Yeah, definitely. If Napoli don't make the same mistakes as they did in the past, because obviously someone like Cavani could have had probably 300 goals if he stayed there oh. his whole career. Oh, yeah, probably easily. Probably could have yeah. maybe four, close to 400 goals for Napoli, the way he's been playing. He had 104 goals in 148 games, which is unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if Osimhen stays for any type of meaningful period, I think he'll smash Mertens the record uh, not easily, but I think he'll smash it at some point. He'll be he can close, stay. I, yeah, I believe he can. He'll go down in uh, maybe top five, top ten if he can uh, stay. Definitely. And uh, speaking about young, special, and talented strikers, we also got another one I want to speak about. Uh, Dusan Vlaovic. Obviously, you guys know uh, for two years now I've been uh, talking about this guy. I love Vlaovic. I just think he's a talented player with a lot of quality and upside. And uh, DiMarzio, I believe it was two weeks ago or a week ago, it could have been. He came out and said that he is worth 60 mil. That's the price tag Fiorentina and Rocco Comiso have set on him. That's a, a crazy price tag. And uh, I just want to talk a little bit about that. Like, if we think 60 mil is justifiable to spend on someone who's really had one season of actually starting for the club. Uh, first off, like Valvic, you guys know, like I told you, I love Valvic. He's one of my yeah, favorite players. So good. He's so good. He's so talented. And uh, there's some players where, like for me, when I personally saw Valovic, it was before he even scored a goal uh, in Serie A. I watched him, I believe it was against Cagliari. I could be wrong, last season. And I was like, wow, this kid is good. Like he's tall. He's physical. He has a has a personality about him, like kind of like a Haaland. Like Haaland has like that thing about him. You, just, you don't know what it is, but it's there. Like when you're watching him, you know he has like that personality. Ibra obviously has tons of it. And Valvich was another one. When I saw him, I'm like, this kid has something about him. I'm just watching his presence on the pitch, and I'm like, this guy's going to be good. And here we are in the, the 2020-21 season, and uh, we have Valvich at 21 goals at the age of 21, which is incredible. He's tied with Lukaku, who is the striker on the Scudetto winning team. And uh, people say, oh, Valvich scored a lot of pens. I think Lukaku scored more pens than him, if not close anyways. But... uh yeah, Vavich is a great striker. And 60, no, that's a big question. Is it worth it? It's it's, it's tough because it's he's debatable. only had a season. Yeah, and that's why, like, especially because it's, it's kind of like the same thing with Osimhen, too. Like, he, it's the same boat. Both had very good seasons last season. Uh, Even even the year before, last season, uh, I think it was the 2019-2020 season, he scored uh, six goals or something in, like, in a short yeah. amount of time. 
So, which was pretty good. Like, we got a glimpse of what he's like, capable of last season as well. And then this season just took off. 60 mil, I think uh, at this point, I think it's a little too much because we've seen what happened with guys like, say, Chiesa, uh, Bernadeschi. Like, they all left. They were having very good seasons for Fiorentina. Uh, and, like, in seasons, I should say. And then they go join Juventus. And Chiesa, I think more, he shined more. Uh, than what Berndeski is, and they all went like for good money, like good money, like for Fiorentina, uh, and they haven't lived up to it. So I feel like sixty mil might be a little too much for Vlaovic, but if they can keep him for next season as well, and he can also provide uh what he has now, then that's a different discussion. But I think for one year, you can say one and a half years, sixty million for a striker, I think it's a little too much. I think more like forty, fifty million. Uh, you, we can even say, but uh, if he can continue to perform next season as well, at Fiorentina somehow keep him, then uh, we can talk about maybe sixty. Will the sixty million be uh, too uh, too little for him? Like, so I think right now sixty is a little too much. I think more like forty five, fifty million is a right price tag for him. But we'll see what uh, happens in the summer if Fiorentina decide to keep him or. If a team bites and uh, gets to sixty million, see how he can adjust. Yeah, and uh, I'm not buying uh, the price tag for a second. Obviously, the report, like I believe, is because Di Marzio is the the king of uh, Calcio Mercato, but um, I don't buy the sixty mil for a second. I think that Rocco Comiso is trying to raise his value. Uh, an example is like Chiesa. Uh, Comiso yeah. was saying, "Oh, Chiesa's seventy, eighty mil. I'm not selling him for less." And he went to Juve for I think fifty mil. So, yeah, that's why. Like, it, and it's also too depending on what league he goes to. Like, could Vlaovic continue like the success he has in Serie A and say like a league like the Premier League, or will it be like oh, okay he goes for a good money like sixty million, but he ends up scoring half the goals uh, he scores in the in the Serie. A. Yeah, so, like, he, he, he just never depends. knows. Yeah, it all depends what league he goes to and like what team uh, is willing to uh, sign him because sixty like. If a team like, uh, say, for example, like a team like Roma, for example, really wants him and they go, okay, we'll give you $45 million for him and Fiorentina bites on it, that could be a bargain for them. That could be like a very good sign for them at one point because then if he continues to become the player he is at one point, who knows if uh, this kid could be over $100 million. So it all yeah. depends on like the team, but I feel like, uh, what you said with Camiso, I feel like he's just trying to get the best value for him. But at the end of the day, I think uh, he might be if he decides to leave Fiorentina, maybe forty five million, fifty million could be the right price for him. Yeah, and the thing I like about Valvich is that he's steady up proven. We've seen him in the Serie A now for two years, and at the age of twenty one, he's the second top goal scorer in the league, only with yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo ahead of him. So I that's could why be wrong, like, but I think he, him, and Holland. Could be the youngest. I think it's under twenty-one uh, goal scorers. They can be. T- I think they're joint tied for like most goals in the league. I think so. Most Hit likely. And that's crazy. Anytime you can compare, like if, say for example with Osiman, uh, him and Holland and Osiman are the two youngest uh, players in top five in Europe uh, to score double-digit goals in back-to-back seasons. So anytime you can compare yourself with Holland, and we all know how good Holland is. The kid must be not be that bad, so yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure that's. I'm very sure that him and uh, Vlaovic and Holland are tied. 
not tied, but like one uh, first and second for uh, most goals in the top five league for uh, players under 21. Yeah, definitely. And look at the club too. Also, Holland has uh, yeah a very good players around them, and uh, Vlaovic with I think 14th place. Fiorentina, I think they're 14th. The, the second best player you can argue is uh, a 38 year old Ribery. Yeah, exactly. So he's not really getting much service, and um, Vlaovic is more of a striker that uh, relies on service and and having a player that can set him up. He's not really one who will bring the ball up the pitch too much, but he can do it. Like we saw against Benevento, with that a strike into the top left corner from outside the box. He can do it, but I think if you put Vlaovic with a quality striker, this kid's going to explode. And that's why Roma, yeah. I really want someone like that. I think Pellegrini, who is yeah, arguably... Yeah, service around him. This kid can, he can, kid can probably break uh, Iguain and uh, Immobile's record. Yeah, definitely. In the future, I can see it definitely happening. He loves to score, and uh, he's also a team player. He runs back a lot. He plays hard. And, uh, yeah, I'm really hoping Roma can pick him up. If not, I hope... Uh, a good team that's going to give him the right opportunity to pick him up because uh, I'm going to support Vlaovic. I think he's a great player, and I really hope he stays in the Serie A. I would love to take him, him and Osimhen together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just imagine that. <laughs> that would be incredible, that that duo. But uh, speaking about Fiorentina, Gattuso, uh, a report came out yesterday. Uh, Deserbi will be making his way to Shakhtar at the end of the season. A great career move for him. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best. He's a great manager of great tactics, great ideas, and a great understanding of the game and how it's played. We've seen that in his Sassuolo now for a couple of years, and he's a, they've done really well under him. But uh, Gattuso is uh, in talks at the moment with Fiorentina, according to Fabrizio Romano. And uh, apparently Napoli has already decided that Gattuso will no longer be their manager going forward, which is... Uh, it's tough, right? Because Gattuso came from Milan, who at Milan he wasn't considered a good coach, uh, more just a motivator. He's still considered that in a way, but at Napoli you really saw what he could do with more time. Uh, as time has gone on, he's gotten better, and he's had his struggles. Every manager has struggles. I think it's unfair to um, be too overly critical on him because every great manager has tough times. It's just natural. It's part of the sport. But uh, Gattuso really lately uh, seemed to really get out of that slump since uh, the match against Granada in the Europa League. And Napoli's been on a great run. It seems like the players love him. It seems like the city loves him, the fans, and everyone. So uh, it's it's tough to see him fans, go. Fans are debatable on Gattuso. Fans? But I, know yeah. more, I know a lot more people who like Gattuso than who don't. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure yeah. no one hates him, but maybe some will want another yeah. manager. But. No, I love Gattuso regardless. Yeah. Uh, I grew up watching him play, dominate the midfield, just be aggressive in the midfield, watch him coaching Napoli. Like, I have nothing but respect for the guy. And for me, it, it's tough. I don't think it's a good move for Napoli uh, letting Gattuso go. Unless, like I said on a few podcasts, uh, even la- I think it was last podcast or a few podcasts ago, if you can't upgrade Gattuso, don't like keep Gattuso out. Uh, I feel like under Fiorentina, especially going back to Vlaovic, I feel like he can be, he, especially with Osimhen too, uh, Gattuso took Osimhen under his wing, taught him a lot of things, uh, helped him. And you see it too when Osimhen scores, he he goes up to Gattuso and hugs him, high fives him. Like you can see the respect that both play, the player and the coach have. And I feel like if Gattuso goes to Fiorentina, I feel like Vlaovic could shine as well. Like he can be a... A great manager, a great player under him as well. 
And it's, it'll be a good move for Gattuso because I feel like under Fiorentina, it's not much pressure compared to the pressure we, that he has at Napoli. But also to thinking about Napoli's uh, standpoint, if you bring in a guy like Spalletti, do you, you have to question, is it really an upgrade over Gattuso? Tactically, maybe, but I just don't think he's the right guy to bring in. I feel like if you have to bring in a manager, I feel like a guy like uh, Spalletti, uh, not Spalletti, Saudi would be a perfect one, would be a great one. Uh, Allegri would be a great one. Be- and heck, you, even uh, Galtier from uh, Leo, if he just, if somehow he leaves, uh, if they win the title, I don't I don't think he'll leave, but I feel like if you can't upgrade Gattuso, you have to keep him, and I feel like Spalletti, I'm starting to think he's more of a downgrade, and I believe he's a downgrade, because he hasn't coached since, what, 2019, 2018? He hasn't coached in a few years, so who knows if this guy still has it? Sometimes it's a risk, because sometimes when you take a guy who hasn't coached in a couple of years, yes, you can argue Allegri, but Allegri, he's a winner, he's a proven winner. Spalletti, what what has he won? A Coppa Italia, a few Coppa Italias. I don't think he's won the Scudetto. I don't believe. And I just think getting Spalletti is more of a downgrade than keeping Gattuso. So we'll see at the end of the year. But if Gattuso does go to Fiorentina, Fiorentina, if they can build a team around Gattuso, like the way Gattuso coach, I think they can be. Uh, they'll be better than what they are now. But. I feel like a guy like Vlaovic will uh, will shine even more on under Gattuso. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, he's a great manager, and uh, and it's also yeah. like, let me just get back to this. It's also a good uh, move for Fiorentina because they're in a rebuilding stage, and why not get Gattuso, who proved in the past he's good at rebuilding teams. He took uh, a Milan team who had nothing; they they had nothing to almost the Champions League. He took Napoli from seventh place, won them a Coppa Italia, and he has them fighting for top four right now. So Gattuso to Fiorentina is a per- it will be a great move for him because they're in a rebuilding stage, and Gattuso is a great manager for a team to rebuild around. Yeah, like I was saying, he's a great manager for rebuilding and for getting the the best out of what, out of what he has. Uh, players love him, and uh, fans uh, love him because of how much passion he shows on the field. Yep. So, uh, it obviously it's not 100% he's going to Fiorentina, but I think for a while now we've all had a feeling that he will eventually end up there. And, uh, yeah, he's in talks with them, according to Fabrizio Romano, who is very reliable. Yeah. So. I just got a question, too. Would yeah. Dessert be going to Swasolo? Who would Swasolo I mean, the, bring in? The, he's, yeah, he's going oh, to sorry, Shakhtar. Shakhtar. Yeah. Dessert be going to Shakhtar. Who would Swasolo bring in? That's, I, um, the thing, the thing is that Swasolo is they bring in a lot of names out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm very good at that. I feel like, I don't know why, call me crazy, I can see Fonseca going there. I can see Fonseca going to, uh, to Swasolo. It'll be a, it'll, it makes sense for both sides, because Fonseca, I feel like under Swasolo, he can, the way Swasolo play, the, the players they have, I feel like he'll be good under them. Like, he'll, like, be a good manager under them. Or they'll probably, like you said, go for guy that just came up like an Italiano or something and uh let him coach in I guess for Sosolo. But it's interesting it could to be, see who they'll bring in. It could be possible but I just don't see it happening. I think Fonseca is above a team like Sassuolo. Yeah. I think um I still think Fonseca is a great manager. I think he's still one of the best in Serie A. 
It's unfortunate. Like right now, we have 11 injuries. We've had, I think, like 70 something in total this whole year. It's yeah, it's crazy. crazy. Uh, and his best player has been out for two years. So, heck, I wouldn't even be surprised if Fonseca goes to uh, Napoli. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And not be yeah. like taking, not be like taking chances on managers like that. And, and you know what? They will go Swasolo. There you go. I'll be happy with that. The way Napoli is built is made for Fonseca, and obviously, like fans of other clubs who don't follow Roma too closely, they see the results and they say, "Oh, this guy sucks," but. They don't understand how much this guy's gone through. We've had an ownership change. He had to deal with no sporting director, which is the guy who buys you players, if you guys know yep. what the role is. Now we have a sporting director. Have now we finally have one. And his best player was out for basically two years. His uh, injuries every week. Uh, we make it to the semifinals of the Champions League, but a two goes down in the third minute. Spinozola goes down in somewhere in Paul the 20th. Lopez goes hurt. Um, Lopez uh, dislocates his shoulder, whatever happened there. And then he has to play... Guys like Darbo, who is 19 years old, making his debut. Like this guy has had to go through so much, and um, it's hard to see him go. Obviously, I think he's a great manager still, but uh, bringing in someone like Mourinho, obviously, I'm happy. But uh, I really hope on second can get a club like Napoli. I think uh, Napoli fans will be pessimistic when uh, when he first arrives, if he is to arrive, and then I think they'll be uh, over the moon when the season starts. They're gonna see what they have on their hands because. Someone like Insignia would be incredible for him. Yeah, I just want someone, like, if we do bring in a manager, I just want someone to be an upgrade over Gattuso. I'm going based off what I believe is an upgrade. I don't think Spalletti is an upgrade, but Fonseca, yes, we can all debate, yes. I'm not a huge fan of Fonseca, just not based off, like, the way he coaches and stuff, just the way, like, like again, like, again, we have a lot of injuries. I just don't think he would be right for us just because of the way the team is but I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in because I'm I'm the type I always want someone like I want an upgrade over Gattuso that's bottom line I just don't think Spalletti would be an upgrade just because of what he's done in the past I just don't I think he's outdated you can say and he hasn't coached in three years I want someone who had a job recently and who's a proven winner. Uh, Spalletti, he's, for me, him and Gattuso are on par. They're the same type of player, uh, coach. But I do believe if you're going to get Spalletti, just keep Gattuso at the end of the day. So we'll yeah. see what happens, but I'm just going to... Uh, I won't, If Spalletti do, does come in, I won't be a huge fan of it, but I will, I will respect him because he's our manager. That's yeah, obviously... We've got a lot of things that have to unfold in these coming months that we'll make yeah. sure to keep uh, keep you guys updated and give our thoughts as uh, things go on uh, until the country market opens up and all the stuff, uh, all the dominoes fall into place. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be an interesting summer. That's all I'm going to say. Definitely. A lot of crazy stuff could potentially happen, especially after Euros. Yeah, 100%. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, to end off here, we're going to talk about Milan, Juve, the big match in this past weekend. Going into it, everyone knew it has big implications going into it. Uh, Juve is a team who pays a lot of wage, <laughs> a lot of wage bills. They have, uh, guys like Ronaldo and Dybala, which make, I believe them two combined is like 42 mil or something close to that, or two, cool. maybe yeah. just 40 mil in total, but just two players like that. That's, uh, and they got to pay a lot of money, would you say that? So, um, Going into this match, they're like, we need top four. It's a big match for top four. And uh, it was a must-win game. Maybe not must-win, but uh, pretty close to a must-win. Yeah. 
And uh, they're still in it. Obviously, they lost 3 nothing. But uh, that match uh, would have been nice if they won for them because top four is a must when you're paying all this money. So they're definitely going to have to shed some uh, wage bill in the summer if uh, they don't make top four. But yeah, for the match itself, uh, it was a good match. It was very entertaining. It was back and forth. Um, I think Milan were definitely the more intense side. They came in with more intensity. They were pushing more. They seemed like they wanted it more, and they got it. Uh, Taylor Hernandez played well. He's going up and down the pitch. Uh, as always, playing like a left winger. <laughs> uh, Rebic, that goal. Oh, wow. That was, that was amazing. Rebic murdered that ball. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised the ball didn't pop midair straight into the top corner. It doesn't get more perfect than that. Uh, we also had a, a missed penalty from Kessier, which you don't see often. It was a very rare sight to see. And, uh, just overall, it was a good match to watch. Uh, Juventini are going to be, uh, questioning Pirlo. They're going to be questioning Danieli. Uh, reports have come out that they might not even be participating in Serie A next season because of their involvement in the Super League. A lot of things are going down as we speak. Uh, just news is coming out left and right. But, uh, Dan, what do you think about that match that, uh, uh, took place this past Sunday between Juve and, uh, Milan? Yeah, no, it was a good match for, uh, Milan. Uh, they came away with the 3 nothing win. The match was kind of boring, uh, for the first 25, 35 minutes. Yeah, so. Uh, nothing yeah. really happened until Chesney uh, made a mistake. I wish Venture was on the podcast so he can go off on that. Uh, but he made a huge mistake not claiming the ball. But then Diaz did absolutely amazing just to keep his composure and find the top corner. And from there, I thought uh, Milan were the better side. But then when the penalty came, I thought when Kessie missed the pen, I thought the game was going to be tied because of just the way the game is and that's how soccer goes. But Milan kept their head in the game. They got two big goals, uh, one from Salamakers, which was a screamer. Oh, not Salamakers, uh, Rebic, which was absolutely amazing. The the goal he yeah. scored uh, kept uh, Chesney uh, rooted. And then Tamori with a beautiful header uh, just to finish it off. And it was a big win for Milan. And it's, Juve are in trouble. That's They're in trouble because they might not even make it to Champions League. And like you were saying, too, they have a lot of money to pay off. And also, too, Peel's job is on the line, so... Who knows if he's going to be the manager at the end of the season or if he's going to be the manager next season, I should say. Uh, maybe in the leg we could come in, try to rebuild the side. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting to see what happens with Juve in the summer and to see if they uh, end up getting a uh, top four. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, top four is four. very important for both clubs. Uh, for a team like Milan, who was first place for, I think they won the Winter Scudetto, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, for a team to win the winner Scudetto and then not even be in the top four spot, uh, come the end of the season would be, uh, horrific. Like, what a drop. Like, talk about falling from heaven. That would just be an incredible drop for them. But, um, they won the game. They're in top four at the moment. They're staying in there. And all the pressure's on Juve now, who's sitting in fifth place behind Napoli. All the pressure's on them. Uh, Napoli have a relatively easy schedule coming up. I think Milan have a pretty tough one. If I'm not, actually, I actually think it's pretty soft. Uh, there's a couple, yeah, Juve, they need to play Inter still, which even though they already won the Scudetto, uh, Inter seems to be still trying, judging by their 5-1 five, uh, five win over Samp. So, uh, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game against Inter, but yeah, Juve was the team I was thinking about uh, for a tough game left still. So we'll see what goes on here. It's going to be interesting, this top four race. And uh, before we end off, I have a couple of shout-outs I want to make here. 
Asserin Tana, obviously, they're up. Uh, Napoli's new rivals uh, have arrived in the Serie They're back up. Yeah, from the Serie War has begun. Yeah, war has begun between the two fan bases. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out because uh, on Twitter, all I see is a back and forth already taking place. So uh, that'll be uh, interesting to see how it plays out next year. Also, shout out to uh, the Calcio boys. Uh, they're having a FIFA 21 Sick Kids Charity Cup. And all proceeds are going to Sick Kids. And it's going to be uh, great. Uh, it's great what they're doing. A nice initiative by them. And uh, we have Danny participating for the Napoli Club of Toronto. And we have uh, Frenchet. He'll be participating for us. So, uh, yeah, Dan, sorry, but uh, we got to root for uh, Frenchet here. <laughs> Hopefully but, we don't uh, match up first round because it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be very, uh, that'll be interesting. very interesting. Emotional match for check me. That out. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a huge match, and if that happens, we're looking forward to it. And yeah, once again, a shout out to the Culture Boys. Thank you for uh, inviting us, and uh, yeah, great initiative by them. So definitely go support them and support the cause and donate uh, any little amount helps. So uh, yeah, support the cause. We're going to wrap it up here. We'll be back next week. Check out our social media at 6 Culture. And until next time, ciao. Ciao, guys.